There you are. Hi. Alrighty. Sorry, I was like frantically looking for it. I was like, I don't see a Zoom link anywhere. Well, I sent you a couple emails and I wonder if they went into your spam folder. I don't even have a spam folder. Oh. <laughs> it all comes into my inbox and I looked up anything that I've had from you and all I've gotten from you is the invite and then the stuff from Acuity that's just like, here's your appointment. Oh, yeah, no, because I sent, I even sent you an email this morning. Oh, well, yeah, I did not get that. You must have a spam folder. Uh, yeah, no, I don't because it's on my... Um, I actually had him turn all the spam off because I wasn't getting things. That's really weird. Yeah, because um, sometimes because I have the word gypsy in my email, it goes into spam. Yeah, no, I literally get all my spams in my inbox all the time and I don't have a place for spam to go. And I've even had my host turn off spam blocking because I wasn't getting important emails. So there's nowhere for it to go. Well, anyway. But, you um, but yeah, I just, if there's anything I need to know. <laughs> like no, that I, was, I was email. wanting to get your bio and your stuff that I asked. Oh. Then, but I went to your website so I can read your bio from that. Oh, my bio sucks. Sorry, I hate my bio so much right now. Like, if I'd have known, I would have worked on it today and had it ready for you. I'm sorry I didn't see that email. Um, well, I don't have to read it. You can just tell me all about yourself. <laughs> okay, yeah, if you could not. Super easy. I don't have to do that at all. But I will say, where did, I, where did you go now? Hold on a minute. There you are. Get some so your website is Radical Revelations. Yep. Okay. And I won't, I won't read your bio. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to introduce me here, can I put something in the chat really quick? Yeah. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Good. I, I had such a full day. I just oh got coaching with Jen August, and I had my group thing, and I was at Zumba this morning. Oh my gosh, I know. I did. I started out with an 8 a.m. Uh, session with uh, Madeline, who did the $10,000 a month club interview in December, and then did a free offer. So yeah, and then I had a meeting for the Designer Destiny Live group, and yeah, it's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> Um, let me see if I actually like what this says. Okay, this is basically all that I want to see. Ha, awesome. <laughs> Simple and to the point. So anyway, anything can be edited. I don't prefer to edit. You know, usually we just go with the flow and I ask you questions and we talk. Totally. And I will ask you about how you got to where you are, what's your passion, what are your obstacles, what's the hustle. Cool. You know, just kind of what we do. What we um, do. I always start with a little music, so I'm going to put that on. Cool. Let me uh, make sure that all my other stuff is closed out. Let me close out Facebook. Yeah, and yeah I'm turning my phone off too. Close out my browser and close out my email and all that shit. Oh, yeah, and my phone. <laughs> 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 
Again, to Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your tribal hostess, Paulette Reese-Denise. I'm here in Portland, Oregon on a rainy, kind of crazy day. A little bit of sun comes blaring out every now and then. And I am really happy to have my guest today, Star Shepherd Jeffers, who is also in Portland. Um, who I've known for a year or two now, maybe. And I'm just really happy that we're coming together finally to have this conversation so that I can share her with you. And you know how I love to connect dots and bring everyone together and bring you super groovy, fabulous, magical people. And that would be Star. <laughs> how you doing, Star? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so good, Paulette. I'm so, so glad to be here. And I have this beautiful song going on here, Temples in the Sky. I'm going to have to write that down. Which yeah. I thought was really appropriate for you. Thanks. Magic woman. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and fade that out. And that is by Saki. I love that. Yeah, isn't that good? Yes. Yeah. I've been dancing to that a lot lately. Oh, I love some new grooves. You'll have to put a link on that. I just put a Facebook page to, um, post today that said, what is in your head right now? Wow. <laughs> so post that link so we can. That's, that's in my body. <laughs> right? I see that. Mm, love it. All right. So I'm happy to have another edition of Heart and Hustle. And we're on to our second year, which is really amazing. Exciting. So there's so many great people out in the world <laughs> that I want to talk to and that I want to share. And so um, why don't you tell our people a little bit about yourself? I can, I, I'll start, I'll start by saying a little bit. Star has been leading groups online and in public for over 15 years and has a background in metaphysical spirituality and leadership. She is known for her bright energy and is great at bringing people together who are doing rad things. Right up my alley, girl. Yes. We got, we got some kindred stuff going on there. We totally do. You and I have a lot of overlap. I've always yeah. saw that about us. It's yeah. really fun. Love it. I love it. And so, so talk to me. Well, what do you want to know first? <sighs> I was going to say, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> And you've got this crazy, wild, psychedelic, beautiful, colorful background. Oh, thank you. I love it. Yeah, I had, so last year, my word of the year, because that's something that I've been doing for the past three years or so, is, uh, was visibility. Oh. And I really manifested that big time. Um, I ended up doing a winning a photo shoot at the beginning of the year. I spoke to the largest group of people I'd ever spoke to, 80 people at a, at a conference in February. Um, I got professional makeup and hair done multiple times throughout the year for speaking Ooh. events and professional pictures. And it was, and even being in my friend's wedding, um, it was definitely a year of visibility. And one of the things right. that I really wanted to do more of was video. But I'm also really good at making up uh, barriers between me and the thing that I want. And uh -oh, so uh -oh. <laughs> I don't know if anyone uh, can relate to that. But <laughs> so I started just one by one 
taking care of one of these barriers that I had made up. And one was that I didn't have good lighting in my house, which was true. So I have a light over here to balance out the natural light that comes in on one side. Um, and so, you know, buying lighting was like one month. I just bought lighting. And then the next month it was That's like, my list. yeah. Right. And then it was like, well, I need a background. Like I, I walked around with my camera all the way around the house and there wasn't anything that felt good to have in the background. So I went to a hippie shop and got myself a, <laughs> got myself a, a tapestry and I just felt like this one really felt like me. I don't know. It, it was kind of a no-brainer. There was all these other ones that were oh, really yeah. busy, it's but it's perfect. Yeah, thank you. So it's it's just been one of those um, barriers between me and video that I was carefully and kindly getting rid of, so that I could do more like Facebook Lives and Zoom. As you know, I do co-working every week, um, and so I just wanted to be able to connect more with my people and not have them be like, "What's all that stuff in the background?" I'm actually sitting in front of a china cabinet. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Tell us that. I know you can edit that part out. <laughs> so, so visibility was your word last year. My word yes. last year was allow. Ooh, actually, my last my that word has been probably my last three years. Mm, I love that. I totally, I was totally allowed myself last year to open up and receive. Mm, I was going to ask how'd that go for you. Really good. Yeah. So now I got to switch the word. So Ooh. what's your word this year? So my word, oh, I just love it. Like even thinking about it, I'm just like, oh, it's so good. My word this year is rhythm. Mm. And it's all about me really aligning. And that's part of what I do with my clients too, is really aligning all of my strategies and my systems and my days and my months and my, my quarters and my year with who I really am and how I actually show up and what my energy levels and my cycles actually are instead of what my ego thinks I'm supposed to be doing all the time. Um, of course, you know, when, when you say rhythm, I immediately go to playing drums and music and dance. Well, which I am also a musician yeah. and I also got my own, can I show you my, my rhythm? So this was my Christmas present. I got myself a drum. Is it, I, you're below the screen. Is it doing I'm going to pull, I'm pulling out of the bag. Ooh, I got myself a Buffalo skin hand drum. And so this is part of how I'm going to be experiencing rhythm. And her name is Saraswati, after the Hindu goddess of supreme knowledge, music, dance, and rhythm. So I'm just like, mm. so this is part of how, so I've been drumming, and this is part of how I'm really embodying my word this year of rhythm. That's perfect. That's yeah. Perfect. Do you do journeying with your drum? Um, I haven't done a lot of journeying with my drum, but I, I mean, not so specifically in that word, but I feel like I kind of do my own meditation, you know, trancey. Yeah. What's cool about this drum is as I've gotten to know her better, when I hit her, she does this boom, boom. So she has a natural rhythm to her. Mm -hmm. So when I can hit her and feel in the boom, boom and then boom. Whoa, whoa. it's mm -hmm. just like she kind of draws me into her own rhythm which is just yeah, really beautiful talking thing. yes yes cool. yeah it's really magical rhythm i love it so my word this year is focus Ooh, and how is that um aligning for you so far this year it's good it's really really good um i am the queen of improvisation i love that which is good in most of my life, mm -hmm. but I get distracted easily. 
Yes. And I have really specific desires this year and I need focus. Mm, I love that. It's really good. It's just like, <sighs> yep. You know, it's, it's not tunnel vision, but it's, it's just bringing me to the core, to the yeah. essence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I'm hearing is like clarity, really oh, getting clear oh. on what it is you're going to look at and, and being willing to only look at that for a while yeah. instead of, you know, squirrel. Yeah. Right. Because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, I work with coaches and healers on the cutting edge is what I'm, you know, mm -hmm. kind of calling us. And I'd say that's actually really common because the reason we're on the cutting edge is that what we do has to have meaning. And so as soon as it stops having meaning, we're like, oh, squirrel, I bet that could feel really good. And we kind of bop around. And so, you know, <laughs> and so I think, um, I know that's part of why I'm inviting more rhythm and what that looks like is every week I'm changing it up. So last week I used to do like, you know, Monday through Friday, I have this many hours that I work every day. Mm -hmm. And that just, just doesn't work for me as a human. Well, and, you just talked about having fun Friday. Right. So now I'm doing... Um, Mondays are music and maintenance because I just started a new musical project and I want to give that space in my life to song, write and listen to stuff. Um, and then what, what else do you play? So I just sing and I shake an egg. So I'm, but I'm a, um, I just started as a lead vocalist in a rock band, All right. and, uh, which is, you know, my, you know that I play, right? Yes. Yes. What? Oh, I can kind of see some stuff in the background there too. Those are, those are my husband's basses. He's oh. got a few. Mine's okay, so what, uh, what do you play? I play guitar. Nice. I grew up playing keyboards, mm -hmm. guitar, but now I play, so keyboards have kind of taken a backside. I play guitar and ukulele. Oh, fun. And the washboard. That's awesome. And then I play old country stuff. Oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> See, and I'm more like, I'm more like 90s alternative, you know, that kind of stuff. Like one of our songs is, so I found this band through actually, um, you know, Danielle Louise Ross. Mm -hmm. So I went to her intuitive speaking event in October and that was really amazing. And the last day of her event, she did intuitive karaoke at lunchtime. And I was like, give me a microphone and a stage. I'm there. And her sound guy who was doing sound and video heard me sing and had been looking for a female vocalist for his project. I know. So now I've been going to practice with them once a week and that's been really, really fun to kind of get that music back in my life. And so Mondays I needed, but I needed to make space for it because music, you know, it requires a lot of space. And then one of the things I realized wasn't working for me last year is kind of in alignment with what you were talking about, the squirrel thing, like, oh, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, is I kind of let my maintenance and follow up and follow through kind of fall to the wayside. And so Monday is literally maintenance day. Like, are there emails I need to delete? Are there files I need to get rid of? Are there people I haven't responded to, you know, on Facebook or via email or text that I just kind of looked at it and went on with my life? You know, are there, do I need to do laundry? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's maintenance, yeah. We have clean underwear. These are important <laughs> things. <laughs> and so, like, I think it's important to inject that level of, um, kind of focus, but like, this is, this is what I'm giving myself space for today. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, seeing clients, doing my programs, doing my content, doing my marketing, you know, really diving in and doing the work things, the, the activities of running a business and practice. And then yeah, Friday freedom and fun. So playing games, doing fun stuff. 
Um, if it feels really good and flowy to maybe work on some content, something that feels creative, I'll allow myself to do that. But I'm not willing to like sit at the computer and do the thing. Like that's not, that's not what Fridays are for anymore or what Mondays are for. And how's that working? It, last Friday was a little challenging. My, as you saw in my, in my group post, I was like, man, my, my pattern really wants to get in there and do the thing. Um, but it's, I didn't let myself do that. And I hung out with my kid and hung out with my husband for a minute, played some video games. And, and I'm really glad that I did that for myself because then when I came to do my work the next week, I was so full of the fun and the freedom and the downtime and the connection and all of that, that when I was ready to show up for work, I was, I would loved it. It was all, so it's been really great to act in alignment, you know, to be doing everything I'm doing from a place of alignment and, and fullness and excitement of what I get to share with my people. Like, Ooh, you know, it just, it feels so much better than um, where I got into the end of last year, which I think was a little bit of what I've heard other people call visibility hangover. Because my word was visibility, Um, but I was also bringing some old baggage into that. Um, So by the end of the year, I was—I just felt a little beat up by myself, you know. Um, And so this year, yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely by me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no one else can do that, right? Only, only me, only me. And so it's been really nice. It just feels very honoring um, to to recognize and and create. And that whole, the whole pleasure principle gets lost, you know? I mean, I'm really guilty of it too. And it's it's, it's what I teach my clients also, right? right? How to love yourself and take care of yourself and enjoy yourself and bring more joy into your life and more pleasure into your life, you know, in body, mind and spirit. Yes, I will say um, inviting a lot of pleasure into the end of December really helped me get back on track for January too. So my husband and I, it's our second year, the week between Christmas and um, New Year's, we've, there's a local hotel that has super low rates because they're really slow. And we get a hotel room for a couple nights with a jacuzzi tub in the room. Yeah. And, you know, my, my oldest is old enough to take care of the 13-year-old and it's like, bye kids. And so that really helped me to kind of reset and refresh and fill, fill my own cup, you know, so that I could come back to work filled. Well, and not only does it fill your cup, but it fills your relationship cup. Yes, it really does. Right? Yep, absolutely. So no, that's been really juicy. That's an important part of your work as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, about a year and a half ago, the work that I was doing was more focused on moms. So I was helping mompreneurs who were struggling in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients, you know, it's just that they weren't giving their husband enough time because they were so focused on trying to make their business work when really the relationship failing was part of why the business wasn't working. And it was all this catch 22 stuff going on that was yeah, really challenging. Kept this big circle. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really nice. And one of the commitments I've made to myself is that if I get into that old energy of last year where I'm like, I gotta do the thing, I gotta do the thing, I gotta, I'm not even sure what I'm doing, but I gotta. I got to work. Then I just like walk away. I just say, stop it. Like I literally last week I got into that zone for about 10 minutes and I kind of woke up and noticed and I went, wait a minute, we're not doing this this year. I shut the computer, I put on some Macklemore, I shook my butt and, and, you know, ate some food and I checked in. I was like, are we feeling better? 
It's like, no, I'm just going to fall back into that pattern. So I just didn't work anymore that day. It's like, no, I am not going to sit down and go back into that old energy that really isn't serving me. It's not going to serve my clients. It's not going to serve the planet. So why do it? Good call. So that's felt really good to kind of take a stand for myself in that way. It's like you have to step back and look at yourself. Yes. Yeah. And then be disciplined enough to honor yourself. Yes. Yes. It does take some discipline and, and it's, it's changing those old habits. And it's also building trust. That's a lot of what I talk about with my clients is, you know, if we've been dismissing our needs and we've been dismissing our intuitive voice and we've been putting off, you know, the, the things that are telling us what we need, that alignment, if it comes up and we're like, well, yeah, but I have to do the dishes or whatever the thing is. Um, then that voice stops trusting that, will do anything with what it says and it might even stop speaking up and so a lot of clients when they come to me they're kind of out of touch with that voice mm-hmm. and part of the work that we do together is building trust with the inner self again and part of building trust is by following through with what you say you're gonna fucking do right. it's like i told myself i wasn't gonna do work on friday in order to really honor myself i have to not do work on friday otherwise i just broke trust with myself right. And then I have to build that trust back up again by doing what I say I'm going to do. So it's easy to get mad at someone else when they don't do what they tell you they're going to do. Yep. But if you don't, if you don't pull the same thing on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us have very little awareness about that or we act like it's no big deal because it's just us. Yeah. And in reality, it is a really big deal because the more that you dismiss yourself and the more that you deny yourself and the more that you repress yourself and the more that you cut yourself off from your intuitive voice, the less that you can hear it mm-hmm. and the less that it, that it actually speaks up because it's like, well, you know, it's like a baby that's been crying for hours and no one's coming and they finally just cry themselves to sleep. You know, it's like, I'm not even going to try anymore because it hurts too much because you're ignoring me. It's like, you know, it's basically like a little inner kid. It's like a little four-year-old tugging on your skirt and going, mommy, I need this. And if we don't listen, then that little four-year-old is going to like throw a temper tantrum and be in the corner and be like, I'm not even going to tell you what I need. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so a lot of what I do with, you know, the deep inner work that I do with coaches and healers is around like the reparenting of the self yeah. and, and rebuilding trust with, with ourselves. Great. So, so you work with healers mm-hmm. and you consider yourself an empath. Yes, absolutely. And you are also a spiritual priestess? So I was trained in the Centers for Spiritual Living as a spiritual practitioner. And so I saw clients through the Centers for Spiritual Living for about six years. That was um, in 09. I got licensed. Uh-huh. And then I left. What does that mean? And so, you know, I got trained in like metaphysics, law of attraction, And, you know, as a spiritual practitioner, I would see clients in sessions and I would really just help them to identify beliefs that were in the way of them experiencing what they wanted to experience and then, you know, replace those beliefs with a better belief and then align that with a spiritual principle that would help support them as they went, you know, on with their life. And then I was also trained in a very specific five-step affirmative prayer that at the end of each session, I would support my client in prayer with whatever it is that they were wanting. Mm-hmm. And so and I also led classes, put on retreats, put on events, did workshops. Um, I prayed on platform during the Sunday service. You know, I was a part, I was actually part of like the ecclesiastical arm mm-hmm. of, of the community. I was right below the minister. 
Um, and so I, at one point, I, I was holding like eight different roles at the community. I was very involved in that community for a really long time. At one point, I held the president of the board. I, you know, I put on women's retreats. I taught my own classes as well as the curriculum there at the center. Um, so as a practitioner, you know, I was teaching classes, doing prayer, and then seeing clients for sessions. And so when did that end and how, what was your transition to where you are now? Oh, I love that story. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, so in 2015, I had just finished up putting on a, a, this amazing women's retreat. I was on the committee. It was a women's retreat I had, had attended for nine years and then was on the committee for the last four. And then the last two, I was pretty much the sidekick to the woman who was doing it because her husband was actively dying of cancer. And it was like, well, I might not be able to be there. <laughs> if I have to not be there, you're the one that's going to put on this retreat. And it was kind of interesting because it was that Sunday right after and I was the guest musician at the center and I was going to sing with all the women who attended and I woke up and there was just kind of this like buzzy, icky something going on inside of me. And so I know well enough to turn within and kind of ask my little girl like, what's going on? You know, what do you need? What's up, sweetie? Mm -hmm. And it was like my little four-year-old and she went, please don't make me go back there anymore. And I was like, oh, wow. honey, like, like even just saying that I get chills because it was so, I, I was so tied in. Like that was my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was in leadership and, and I just felt so connected to this, this community. It was like the first place I'd ever felt like I belonged. Um, but I also had just attended this uh, big event called the World Domination Summit that, um, yeah, is put up here in, in Portland. And, um, and what I realized at that event, I was volunteering and I got to talk to, you know, a ton of really incredible people. And what I realized in that event was that I had been compartmentalizing myself. Mm -hmm. and, and that when I was at, at the spiritual places, I wouldn't talk about business and I wouldn't talk about activism. And when I was at the business places, I wouldn't talk about spirituality and I wouldn't talk about activism. And when I was in the activism places, you wouldn't talk about business and you definitely don't talk about spirituality. And here I was at this event all weekend long where I got to be all three of my, you know, I got to be all of those things. All of you. All of me. And I realized that I didn't want to go into places anymore where I had to compartmentalize myself. And so, but because I was so loyal to this community. So can, let me ask you a question about that. So at your spiritual center, Mm -hmm. you feel like that was self-imposed? Uh, partially self-imposed, especially the business part. But I also know, um, you know, it is a part of that body of thought that says you don't look at what is not working. You look at what you want. And so I, as an activist, always struggled with, uh, but I'm really called to look at what's not working and lift it up. And how can I lift it up if I'm not willing to look at it? Gotcha. And so... Um, and so that was always a, a kind of sticking point for me, at least within certain members of the community who believed that, it, you know, love and light. And there's some truth to that. Um, but I think that it can be damaging to not be willing to look at the issues of our world and the issues of our culture and even our own inner shadow. Because whatever we, we're not willing to look at, we're actually giving more power because we're saying we're afraid of looking at it because it's more powerful than us. Um, and so, so I actually met. I, I set up an appointment with each one of the ministers and the music director and I and individually, not, not together. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I need to take a three month leave of absence. And then at the end of three months, I'll reevaluate and decide what, if anything, I'm going to put back on my plate. And 
after three months, it was like the universe filled it with, like it felt like trying to squeeze me into something to go back. Um, and so, and I remembered, you know, people like Louise Hay used to be a spiritual practitioner of the same philosophy. You know, Michael Beckwith used to be a spiritual practitioner. There's, there's many people that I look up to that actually started as spiritual practitioners and they didn't stay there forever. They took their message out into a wider audience. And that's really what I was feeling called to do. And so in October of 2015, I said, thank you so much for the three months time. I will not be coming back. And my license was up for renewal um, at the end of 2015 and I didn't renew it. And then in 2016, I went through a process and I got ordained as a spiritual and esoteric minister. A spiritual and a? And esoteric. Esoteric minister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And so those are two titles that I get to hold forever. So, and that was a total separate entity. It was a total separate thing. Yeah. And that was, um, and what was cool about that process, it wasn't quite the, you push a button and you're a minister. Was, you know, I mean, it was close, but um, it was more about, you know, tell us about your spiritual experience and what, what spiritual trainings have you, you know, I had to write big essays and answer a lot of questions and it wasn't just a, you know, you paid us our money, now you get your thing. Uh-huh. Um, there, was, there was a lot more to it than that and it was really beautiful for me to really own the fact that I had been doing inner work for 15 years and had been training other people to do it for six to eight years. And that what I have to say is somewhat unique and really powerful. And I wanted to take that message out to people who maybe weren't interested in showing up to a community every Sunday. Right. Well, and also, I mean, you have become an expert um, with all those years of training behind you and the experiences. And it's really important to own that. Absolutely. And I, I did a lot of leadership there. And that's one thing that I do really well. I mean, I was the head of all the practitioners when I stepped down. Um, so I was coordinating, you know, all the volunteering and all the classes. And, um, and so it's, it's been a really awesome journey to not leave that behind for just a minute. When I left, it was like, oh, well, I can't talk about that. And thankfully, I had a lot of support from my own, you know, coaches and, and colleagues and friends who were just like, no, 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 that is you. You can't leave that behind. Um, and so, you know, I'm really thankful for my time at the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. I still have friends there. I still have friends who go there. Um, and it was, you know, it was my time for a time and then it wasn't anymore. So your little girl is now happy. <laughs> she is. She is. And, and, you know, that was part of me building trust with her. Uh-huh. He said, I, I can't go there anymore. And I listened. Yeah. Gotta listen. Got to listen. Yeah. That's yeah. probably one of the number one things I work with my clients on is, is allowing yourself to hear yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. What you really need, what your body is asking for. Yeah. Whether it's nutrition wise or spiritual wise or mm-hmm. business wise. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you need? What do yes. you want? Yeah. And I think, I think that's a big overlap in your and my work because, you know, I, while I'm not doing like dance and movement in specifically in my work, I'm asking my clients to be really in tune with their body. And I teach in all my classes, the body knows, you know, I just sent out an email. It's like, and it was like three tips to start out, you know, 2018 on the right foot. And it was like, listen to your body, your body knows whether like you're saying it's nutrition or a choice you need to make, you know, research actually has shown that the body knows before the subconscious and before the conscious mind, like quite a bit before. Um, and so really getting my clients in touch with their body, like, I, you know, so I was raised by narcissists. And so it was always their needs and not mine. And so I didn't even, when I started my practitioner training, I didn't even really know what an emotion was. And so this idea that emotions are in the body was like, 
a whole new concept for me. And wow. so that's part of what, the big part of what I teach because I had to learn it because I had no flipping clue what an emotion was. I was so wow. disconnected and I was so into like, everything's fine, everything's great. You know, I can operate, I'm really high energy. I'm pretty intense, but I was using that intensity to avoid a lot of anxiety and a lot of stuff that was going on under the surface. And so. So there must have been lots of transition in that. Oh yeah, huge. I mean, just the first step was recognizing this like pool of anxiety that I was experiencing all the time and was spending so much energy trying to avoid. Um, and so that's part of what I do with my clients. It's like, we got to We got to go into the thing. It won't envelop you. You won't die. You're not going to live there forever, but you got you to go in there, you know, cause it, cause you are on the other side. And once you get in there, you know, I mean, there is, it could be a mess to begin with, but wow. Oh yeah. Get that connection and that clarity and that, yes. whew, and allow yourself to really truly be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most people are, they say they're afraid of feeling the emotion, but what they're equating with the emotion is actually the resistance of the emotion. It's actually like you're there right at the edge of like, no, 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 please, please, I don't want to feel it, I want to feel it. And then they think that that is a feeling. And that's not a feeling. That is an avoidance of a feeling. Yes. That is a dragging your feet to do anything but feel the feeling. Right. And you get into the feeling, it's actually not so bad. Right. <laughs> feel really good. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, wait, this isn't who I am. And this can move through me. Um, you know, it was really great. I, my youngest is 13, almost 14 and, and he's never been to public school. He's homeschooled. He's actually sitting in the oh. other room being very quiet right now. And, um, one of the great things about getting to be at home with him and also getting to learn about my own emotions is I got to see him in that experience. So for example, I processed with him right, you know, right in that moment without making his emotions wrong. I would just hold space for like, if he hurt himself and he's sad, I just hold space and tell him it's okay or to stop crying or any of that stuff. And as soon as the feeling's done, it literally leaves his body and it never comes up again. He never talks about it again. It's like, it's over. But if I were to go to women's retreat and be gone for a few days and there was no one there to fully hold that space for him because bless my husband's heart. You know, he just hasn't done as much inner work as I have and he can't hold as much space as I can for those deeper emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I would come back. And even if the thing happened four days before, as soon as my son started talking about it, it was like alive in him again, fresh as new. Mm -hmm. uh, but all I had to do was give him space to talk about it, cry about it, feel the emotion and I literally almost saw it just leave him. And then he never would talk about that thing again because he had processed it fully and it moved through him. And so I got to bring that into my sessions with my clients and be like, literally, it what will we, leave you. What we can learn from our children. Our oh, kids. it's so great. They're the best teachers. I yeah. don't have any kids, but I, I have lots of children all over the world. Of course, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, we can learn from mine anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, you're following your passion, you're listening to your inner voice and what you are desiring and what's been hard to get where you are today. Mm -hmm. So you, you lead um, workshops, you're a speaker, you have private one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yep. And what's been hard? I'd say what's been hard is similar to what you were talking about earlier with the squirrel thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because there's so much I can do. Mm -hmm. 
and there's so many things that I can be good at mm-hmm. that it's really easy to have to see what someone else is doing or to have a coach recommend a thing or you know to see my own mentors modeling something and be like oh wait I want to drop everything I'm doing and do that instead and so there's been um several times where I didn't fully listen to myself I was you know I wasn't fully aligned I just kind of followed the bright shiny object Um, and, and did the thing. And that that kind of brings me to the other piece of that, which is, I think I was still giving my power away. So there was a point where, um, I realized a couple years ago that my skill for healing and coaching and mentoring and spiritual guidance and my skill for attracting clients and running a business and doing marketing and building a website and all that stuff were two separate skills. I think I was kind of pushing them all together and being like, well, if I'm good at what I do, then people should be showing up for my, for my practice, you know, <laughs> like, cause that's all that matters. Right. Um, and so, right. So then when I realized that those were separate skills and I realized that I really didn't know anything about this skill set, yes. I kind of gave my power away to anybody who knew anything. Mm, okay. And I, of course I realized this in hindsight, I was just kind of looking at this at the end of last year, like, okay, 2016 was the year where I decided that everybody I met, knew more about my business than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were starving for assistance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so um, thankfully I've gotten to a point this year or at the end of last year and going into this year where I realize how to take guidance without moving from my center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how to hear what someone says with the filter that it's coming from another human and no one knows what I'm here to do more than me. And so not losing connection with myself and putting the power to, to make it happen outside of me. I think that was a big lesson that I learned in 2016. And I kind of learned it in the middle of last year where I realized that I had done it, you know, like the hindsight thing where you're like, oh, crap, I did that? Dang it. <laughs> I thought I learned that one. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I thought I moved past that already. Um, and then I think the other thing that is hard for people like me, and I say people like me, meaning like the rebels and, you know, the visionaries, um, the ones who kind of stick out of the box a little bit and don't fit in, um, and are also really flipping smart and intuitive and empathic, that we can fall into the trap of not really diving into the mastery phase of something because I know for, I'll speak for myself, there are things in my life, and this may sound shitty, but I'm going to say it anyway, okay. um, that I can do really, really well that other people might train for years and not do as well as I can do right off the bat. And because of that, why is that a shitty thing to say? I don't know. Cause it sounds judgmental. Doesn't it a little bit? Oh. <laughs> so. No, <laughs> we need to own what we've got. Yeah, that's true. That's really important to, I might be really fucking awesome at something, but I'm mm-hmm. not at something else. Right, right. Yeah. And so I have that ability to kind of, if I want it, I can take it on, I can learn it really fast, and I can do it. Good. But that's different than really mastering it. Mm-hmm. And that's different than really, um, I don't know how much you know about the Enneagram, but so like I'm a type seven and they say that the, the Enneagram type seven is the Renaissance person and they struggle with this where they can be so good at all the things, but they don't just pick one thing and dive deep and really master it. I must be a seven. 
Yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, and that's also part of why I don't play a musical instrument because I'll be honest, singing comes really naturally to me. I've got a great voice. I can hit all the notes, you know, I've done minimal training and, and I sound really good. And so why would I pick up a guitar and go through the, the discomfort of not knowing what the hell I'm doing for months and years? Like, why would I do that to myself? So it's like that mentality that can keep me from really diving in. So I'll make a talk every single month brand new instead of writing one talk and doing it every month and then mastering it. Mm. So that's one of my commitments this year is do the same talk and then see how well you can do it you know, and see what works and what doesn't work. And while there's a part of me that I still, I'm still going to write a new talk every month for my meetup because that's really fun. And I love like pulling a 12 minute talk, like out of my being and being like, wow, this is really cool. And then seeing how it lands on people's faces. And then they come up to me and they're like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm like, thanks. I was just kind of being, you know, like to say I'm like a conduit for a large amounts of energy. And so when I can get into that conduit space, it's really sweet. Um, but I also, I want to master more. You're listening though. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. If you conduit, you know, or a channel or however mm -hmm. you want to put it, but you're listening and you're allowing. Yes. Yes. So I'm really good at that, but it's, it's similar to what you were talking about around the focus. It's what's been hard has been really getting myself to, as my speaker for next month said, what does she say? The uh, mundane tasks. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. The mundane consistent activities. I would say that's been the hardest challenge for me is the mundane consistent activities. I think I'm, I agree. <laughs> all those things that we do need to know as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, as yeah. a creative preneur, you know, yes. um, it's this, why can't we just do the work that we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't flow that well, that way. <laughs> you got to do the back work. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it's good to learn that. It's good to know and to understand, you know, the mechanics and the technical aspects. And then you find the right people to work with you or for you. Yes. Not give them the power. Exactly. Right? Yep. But we all need help. Yeah, absolutely. I get help all the time. Marketing experts and coaches. We all have, our coaches have coaches, you know? Oh, I know, right? I think it's beautiful. I think, Love it. I think it's really great because, <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I see an energy healer once a month. I see an acupuncturist who also gives me business advice every week and then I have a business coach and yeah. So it's, it's pretty great though to get all of that support and to really, you know, to own my power, to own my strengths. Um, so one of the books that I read last year that kind of kicked my ass in all the right ways, yeah. uh, where I was like, Oh, dang it. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. But ouch, um, <laughs> was, uh, I'm a little bit of a masochist, um, when it comes to inner work, <laughs> you know? Go ahead, beat me. Yeah. ouch, it hurts. Thank you. Um, and it was, uh, real artists don't starve by okay. local author, Jeff Goins. I actually saw him speak at world domination summit last year and you know, one of the things that he talked about was mastery and apprenticeship. And he, you know, it really got me to see how far our culture has swung in the way of, well, you just go to like a week long thing and you're a master. And he was talking about like, you know, back in like Michelangelo's day when you were an artist, like a, a, an apprenticeship 
could last 10 years and there was no guarantee that you'd be a master at the end. And that like, just like feeling what that feels like in my body, it was like, oh shit, I've been trying to skip like steps two through five and just go from one to six. Yes. And, and that is, I think, the weight of the world these days, which mm -hmm. is really sad. Yes, indeed. You know, people think all of a sudden they take a course and they can go out and teach it and master it. And, you know, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I think the rhythm part for me this year is really about slowing down and being willing to, um, as another uh, person in Thrive Academy, Anubhav Jain taught me, uh, be in prototype mode, hmm. which is where you're kind of always holding stuff lightly and being like curious huh, how is this working? You know, and that's at the heart of my work. I teach uh, curiosity versus judgment. Oh, see, and curiosity is a big word for me this year too. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Yeah, because if we can be curious, you know, judgment is like, I'm going to do better at blah, blah, blah. And then you go to take a step and your judger will always find something to judge. It'll be like, oh, well, you should already be at step six, not step two. Or, you know, it will always criticize the way that you're growing. And if you let the judge be in charge, you'll stop growing because it's too painful to let the judge keep kind of smacking your hand every time. But if you're curious, you can maintain an energy of like, huh, I just said that thing. Why did that? That was interesting. What was that about? And don't you think so much of that is also um, connected with ego? Oh, yeah. And letting that ego go. I see this a lot with, um, with dancers. Mm -hmm. They want to be great today, and they started yesterday. <laughs> and they want to have the troupe, and they want to have the costumes, and they want to have the studio and be teaching. And it's like, wait a minute, you started yesterday. Uh-huh slow down allow yeah. yourself to revel in the, the learning the curiosity yes the knowing and then then you embody it mm -hmm. and in this particular case i'm just talking about the dance but when you embody yeah. it and you know it and you feel it and you're in alignment with it then it comes out so differently with beauty and grace mm -hmm. and, and skill I mean, all those things that go into anything that we do, whether yeah. it's being Michelangelo or playing the guitar yeah. or, you know, coaching or whatever, mm -hmm. um, to really allow that process. Yes, yes. And I think he talks about Jeff Goins in the book, something that I think is so true. And I had to like look in the mirror. That was part of the ouch, thanks. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, because we're in such a perfectionist society, and like you said, the ego really gets involved with arrogance. Mm. And for me, arrogance shows up as, well, in my mind, my execution is perfect. Mm -hmm. yes. But I may be unwilling to go through the actual execution because it might not be nearly as perfect as in my mind. <laughs> and I have to admit that I'm not where my ego says, you know, where my arrogance says I am. Yeah. And, you know, the word that Jeff Goins uses, humility. And you have to, like, in learning, there's a certain humility. You know, I see it in my 13-year-old where sometimes he gets stuck because he doesn't want to go through the humility of not knowing something and for that little minute. And the same vulnerability. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Different but similar. Yes. You know? and, and to um, be in that place of showing that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And be okay with that. And, it, and it, that's a place of beauty. Yes, yes. You know, that, that innocence, that naivete. Yes. And, and I... 
thank you for saying that because as you're saying that I'm realizing that's part of what is drawing me. So I have a, a program that I'm launching this year. Can I tell you a little bit about yes, it? Please. So yeah, I'm launching a new year long um, program that is uh, mentorship, um, mastery and mastermind for coaches and healers on the cutting edge. And I'm realizing as you're saying that, that that's part of why I love the idea of a mastermind with other people on the cutting edge, not just with anybody, but with people who are really willing to do this deeper, harder, you know, um, isolated kind of work where we might be the only one doing the kind of thing that we're doing. Um, but there's a vulnerability and a humility in coming together in a mastermind and being like, I don't know how to do this help. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're like, I've gotten this far, but this is where I'm getting hung up. Do you have any suggestions? Um, and that just feel, I'm really excited about offering. Because when like, do you start that? Um, so I'm doing a soft launch um, the first week of February, and then I'm officially starting the first week of March. Fantastic. And it's going to be an evergreen, so it's not going to be like you have to start at the beginning of the year. Each month will be its own thing, will be its own subject. And so first I will do um, a webinar of mastery. It's like let's really look at the, those fine little tweaks, those, those subtle shifts that really make all the difference in whatever the subject is. And then a mastermind so people can come together and support each other on the thing. And then the third week will be, you know, group coaching or mentorship for me where I can go in and offer guidance to really nail down that. And then I'm also looking into having um, a guest uh, monthly master to kind of come in and really give their work on that subject if that's their expertise and provide some deeper insight, you know, that if it's not in my deep wheelhouse um, that they can give that extra extra oomph and I'm really wanting to do a, a vetting process where I'm only you know like I said one of my things I love to do and I'm good at is bringing together rad people doing rad things <laughs> I want to make sure that these rad people are also willing to contribute and that they get pleasure in being a part of like a think tank environment and that they're not just wanting to receive well and I don't think I stated that your website is called radical revelations radical revelations yes it is rad people going on yeah. Can I tell you why I chose that name? Yes, please. So I believe that we don't have to become anything. Mm -hmm. We're already these amazing, brilliant, whole, perfect beings of light that are unique and also connected. However, our culture has taught us a bunch of stuff that isn't true and we've learned false beliefs about ourselves and had crappy stories and it kind of piles on top of this truth of who we are. And so my work isn't about becoming anything, it's about revealing, it's about pulling back those layers of false belief and shitty stories um, to reveal the bright light of who we really are. And in a world that tells us who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act is a pretty radical notion. I love that, I love that. In fact, I was talking with Katherine Johnson. Love her. In uh, a couple pot, a couple series ago of Heart mm -hmm. Council, and her, her, uh, thing is also to reveal. Yes, I've worked with her before and I loved that idea of removing, similar to what I was saying with video earlier, like removing that barrier between you and your people so they can see you clearly. So good. I know, yeah, she's amazing. I'm actually considering reaching out to her to see if she wants to be one of my masters. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Catherine. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Right on, right on. Well, yeah. that sounds great. And I just myself just launched my six-month mastermind program. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it seems like this is a year for masterminds. I feel like collaboration is a big it, part of what's oh, going on. I just love collaboration. 
Me I too. love working with others and I love leading others um, in that group. Um, yeah, group environment. Yeah, environment. And so that's good. So mine is called illumination. Ooh, I love that. Being lit up. Mm, yes, please. Yeah. No, no, it's so good. Anyway, we just started last week and it's just delicious. Oh, I think I saw your post saying that you had launched that. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Really great. I've done it in person um, with my dance and desire classes. Mm -hmm. And so the group, the group environment in person, and I have never done it online in this particular way. And it's just, whew. It's amazing what you can do with Zoom nowadays. I love Zoom. I use it almost every week, sometimes every day in a week. Yeah. It's just and so I just good. love that people are hungry for this. Yes. They want that change. They want to change. They want to be more fully present and more um, with more. And a lot of it, it revolves around self-care. Mm -hmm. Yep. And coming back to ourselves, you know, to do the things that we're here to do. Yes. And I think that's why you and I get along so well, because it's like at the, at the heart of both of our work, you know, how we're doing it in the world and what type of people we're working with is a little bit different. But I feel like that's kind of the heart of, yeah. of what we bring. And, you know, I, I think that right now in our culture and in the world, we're really balancing out, balancing back, really kind of seeing an upsurge of the divine feminine. And I don't mean women, I just mean feminine qualities, mm -hmm. um, because patriarchy has been very dismissive and has ridiculed the feminine qualities for a really long time. And I feel like we're kind of reclaiming um, feminine, you know, energy as a valid thing and a powerful thing. And so I think, you know, there's, it's not about um, making the masculine bad or wrong, but it's really recognizing that the masculine energy has been taking over um, in an unbalanced and unhealthy way. And it's time for the research. And sometimes the pendulum has to swing a little far before it comes back into center. And we might see a pretty heavy swing into the feminine before we see a balance. And I just, I just thought of something. So uh, my tribal groups class is called divine feminine fitness. <laughs> Love that. You were saying that I was like, so we are reclaiming and we are reveling mm -hmm. in our femininity. Yes. And we're revealing. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. That's so cheesy. Yes. That's good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's really good. I love the synchronicity. <laughs> well, I think that we need to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably go forever. Because we could go on for about four more hours. I know, right? And, um, but wow, that was just freaking awesome, Star. Well, wow. thank you. What a great conversation. This is great, and thanks for giving me an opportunity to, to share about the things that I'm passionate about and kind of the journey that's gotten me here. It's, it's always so good to see what you're doing and to, to, hear, to hear your take on um, and your views on what you're doing and how you're doing and why you're doing and where you got to today. Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, we've got to hear the back end of some of this. Yes, definitely. To, to know how to run our businesses and the things that we go through to make our businesses work. Because yep. sometimes it looks so easy and fabulous. And that doesn't mean it's not easy and fabulous. Right. But, you know, it does take a lot of stuff. And we're here to learn all that, too. Yeah. We need to learn mm -hmm. to make it better and better. And I think it's so important to be real. There's so many other people just kind of putting on the happy face and putting on the slick show. And, you know, I'm not here to judge them. I kind of feel sorry for them a little bit that they're not more connected to their authentic selves. But I just, I love connecting with people like, like you because it's just so clear that 
you are connected to your true self and that you are bringing that into the world. And I just appreciate that so much. Yay. Yay. Well, I'm going to put on a little bit more temples in the sky. Oh, yes, please. Good. I know, right? Orange, right? So, all right. Well, thank you so much again. Mm. And um, I will put all of Star's information in our in the blog. You know where all my stuff goes, <laughs> so that you can get in touch with her. And you have an email list, right? Yep. So you can join her email list and find out about her classes and her, her coaching work. And I am Paulette Rustini. Movement, Momentum, and Magic is my coaching practice, transformational lifestyle coaching. And we are here with Heart and Hustle, visionary healers, movers, and shakers. And we are here to shake it up. Woo! Please. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being here and watching again. Love to hear your comments. If you have any questions or thoughts about our conversation, we would love to hear them. See them. You can write them in the comments. And um, thanks for being here. Until next time. I know. Get a little bit of thing going on. <laughs>